0: for Attack on Titans, specifically season one in this episode.
1: Hey you, yes you, welcome to Paint It Gray Anime, a show in which we, two random high school students of different gender identities, discuss how ethics is explored in anime. I'm Rafe.
0: And I'm Reese.
1: And welcome to the show. We shall start with, um, probably Attack on Titan this week, eh? You wanna tell them what we're doing?
0: Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so essentially, how our little show is going to work is we are going to be discussing the, as My co-host stated the ethical issues posed in anime, and this week we are tackling the wildly popular Attack on Titan, and we're going to be discussing the ethical um, issues posed in it, how they pose those issues, and how those issues are explored through characters and plot.
1: All right, well, let's uh, jump on into it then.
0: So, Attack on Titan, written and created by Hajime Isayama is a story set in a world where humanity lives inside cities surrounded by three enormous walls that protect them from gigantic, man-eating humanoids referred to as titans. The story follows Aaron Yeager, who vows to exterminate the titans after a titan brings about the destruction of his hometown and the death of his mother.
1: He does do that indeed. Alright, so is it really a justified thing, though, the fact that he's decided to destroy all titans?
0: Well, uh, my general thoughts on Attack on Titan, uh, I overall, I really enjoy it, um, we wouldn't be talking about it if we didn't enjoy it, though, um, and ironically, I initially didn't want to watch it at all, because A, it was so popular, and I'm one of those people who, if something's wildly, like, super, super popular and mainstream, I'm very hesitant to watch it or look at it, because there's the part of me that's like, if it's really mainstream, it's probably not actually great.
1: And I'm on the same page as you for that most of the time, except for sometimes they turn out pretty well, which is...
0: Yeah, and Attack on Titan. Yeah, and Attack on Titan's case...
1: It Attack on Titan's a good one.
0: I feel like BTS also falls into that category, though. It's not my favorite, admittedly. Yeah. Um, but it falls there, in are well. yeah there are popular. There are main, good mainstream things, but there's so many bad mainstream things that it tends to... Negatively impact how people view really popular things because of their popularity, but the other reason I avoided it was because I when I when it was like when I was first initially introduced, I was I wasn't old enough, and like the art kind of creeped me out, so I was like, Shh, no.
1: I mean, I think that's fair. Even now, the Titans are kind of freaky in their design.
0: Yeah, they're creepy, but like I was like, what? Well, Attack on Titan's been going on since what, like twenty? 20-
1: 12? Uh I think so. Twenty
0: fourteen?
1: It's been going on for a while. But yeah, even yeah. even since the start of it, the character designs have been a bit uh freaky at times, yeah.
0: Yeah, well I think that's part of the, the appeal. Like the art is really beautiful. Now I appreciate it more.
1: No, I agree. I think I think it uh it, it works very well with the show. It's kind of creepy at times, but that fits very well with the kind of uh what what they're kind of setting as the mood, I think.
0: hmm Yeah, the eyes the eyes are something I really like now really appreciate and I miss about the um, original artists and I I, I've heard a bunch of people like being really harsh on MAPPA because of the new animation and I for the record I have no problem with the animation now I mean it's a little I have a problem with the CGI Titans but besides that I really like the new art but I miss the old eyes because old eyes were gorgeous and they were kind of eerie and I think that was part of the appeal for me because it was like it fit so well with the story and the narrative, and I feel like that was something that was, it was part of the appeal for people, in, at least that's what I think.
1: And I, and I think I have to agree with you. I mean, the CGI titans are kind of even more horrifying than the regular ones at this point, not for even the fact of just, like, visceral horror, other than they're just kind of, they don't they're look They're creepy. Right. They Yeah. No, they're, they're...
0: they're not, like, they're not actually even creepy. They're just...
1: They they just kind of Dumb frighten looking. me on a scale of like don't that shouldn't exist that's cursed.
0: <laughs> yeah, although it's I like, do,
1: the eyes are pretty interesting. Yes, I agree. It's a lot different yeah. than most animes because they're a uh, different eye style. It's pretty cool.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Season three really. Well, we're going to be talking about that next episode, but um, this episode we're talking about season one. But going like uh, if we're talking about animation. Um, I remember the um, the Titans like one of the Titan scenes. You remember we watched this together. Um, ah yes. And like the the difference, the stark contrast between the hand drawn stuff and the CGI was like jarring.
1: It's it's worrying how easily you could tell. Um, I can see yeah. points where it makes sense, such as uh, they started doing the horse scenes for the scouts, and I, yeah, I understand I mean, that you don't want to draw all those horses. That's a lot of work, but you can I mean, yeah. see where it occurs
0: hmm yeah, I think, like, there's a difference between making your, streamlining your process and making it easier, and I'm sure that all those people, they work super hard, and I understand how hard, how difficult it probably is to, plus I draw, um, so I'm from, you and I both draw, we know it's difficult, um. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's hard to do that, and I, I understand why they would want to streamline the process, but... They sometimes it feels like it's just a shortcut and it's not even the because the, the quality it just it, it detracts from the story, um the narrative. But that's not a problem with season one.
1: Um, yeah, and, fortunately, and like I mentioned earlier with the uh, especially with the horses, I I don't think they took that much away from the plot because they were kind of in the background anyhow. And they, uh, but once they got to like the what was it the third season about with the massive titans that they started doing CG on. They mm-hmm. They made the CG. Titan in the like focal area of the show, which made it very noticeable and what kind of messed up an aesthetic.:
0: Yeah, that is that is very true. I really miss um, Aaron's like hand-drawn Titan because I think like it's super interesting. and like if you noticed, his eyes, they, like you know how people blink they blink um perpendicularly to their eye.
1: Oh yeah, had yeah, the like sideways eye thing, like a yeah. Owl. But,
0: so like a like a reptile.
1: Yeah, um, it's like
0: yeah. I really missed that, and I think it was really gorgeous, and that's one of the things I really missed. But I also, I, I know how difficult it is, so I understand.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's cool. All the um, it seems like their budget almost went down. Although I wouldn't think that it would at this point, but it yeah, it seems like some of their budget went down for stuff like that, or they just really decided to streamline it.
0: Mhm it's it's interesting because you would think that in terms of like production like the budget um it would be the the smallest in season 1 because it wasn't really popular is is or wasn't as big of a movement because i feel like the anime is really what got people's attention because unfortunately it's a truth that people prefer watching stuff over reading and especially manga it has you have to it's not
1: no i agree like i
0: usually it's the if like people yeah you're right sorry um but what my thought is usually unfortunately manga never gets as much attention as anime and a lot of um what makes what makes something really popular um in like in terms of like western culture at least and like spreading it um you have to have the anime first and then people will eventually go back, and they will read the manga because they like it so much that they're willing to pay for the manga.
1: Um, right, and even then, I I think that's interesting the way that works, or at least the dynamic in the U.S. for it, because manga is uh, it, it's it's a lot rarer to see than anime, whereas. Um, it, it's it's interesting that that's the dynamic, and I think it kind of makes sense because a, a lot of U.S. viewership is based on just like watching shows like Netflix and whatnot. You have these huge streaming platforms for everything, but um, yeah, no, I I think it's it's interesting that that's the way it has to, it seems to have to play out here, but yeah, no, I I think mangas do need more attention like that at least because that's how that's how shows are often funded, right? You get attention of enough fans of a, a manga. And then it's so,
0: yeah though so, to be fair um, with attack on Titan there was a at least a considerable um size considerably sized fan base um before the anime was created because it, you probably I don't know if you know this or not but um Levi in the original like the English translation because it wasn't like um I think it was an error, and it his name turned it out like the translation re Reviel.
1: Ah yes, that sounds about right.
0: Um, and but it was Levi the whole time, but that, it caused that like whole, um, issue. So, but people still refer to him as that, though, less frequently. I mean, people recognize that Levi is his name, but people still call him that, because it was that they read him as.
1: Right, it's kind of a throwback.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's also like pronunciation for, like, I mean, for readers. You, like, for me, at least, I read a lot of books, and a lot of the characters, I don't know how to pronounce their names correctly. Or I read the book, and because I don't know how what the correct pronunciation is, when I eventually find out the originals, like, the way I pronounced it, like it still sticks. I mean, I know what the new one is, but in my head at times, it's still the name that I called them. So I understand yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I have the same thing happen. And it is pretty funny to be, uh, it, it'd be interesting to read stuff like that, especially... Uh, when they start to get to Marley and have, like, more German names and whatnot, you have, like, no clue on pronunciation, it'd be really weird. Or even Mika- or Mikasa, that'd be interesting to figure out, I think, if you were just reading the manga.
0: So, another thing I really enjoyed about Attack on Titan, and this is one of the things that is praised for um, very frequently, is how it subverts the expectations and the tropes of shoujo manga, um, particularly through the character of Eren Yeager. Um, we're going to get into more of that later, but... It really immediately does something that, like, I think in comparison to, like, a lot of other um, manga, and speci- specifically, it subverts the tropes and expectations of shonen. And what it does is, it, it like, that's something that it's praised for a lot, and that's one of the things that really strikes me, and um, is what I hear a lot about. And it's what I heard a lot about, like, after initially getting into it, because in the first episode, we have the fall of uh, Walmaria. Um, and like we have, if we're going to talk about like the first season, one of the things I really appreciated about it was, um, like in the first sh- like few shots, it's just like, it's like a bunch of images, um, and scenes and it kind of gives you a glimpse into what's going to happen, but they're so, they're also eerie and kind of creepy and l- sometimes a little, l- 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 I would describe them, I would describe them as unsettling. I don't know if you feel the same way
1: no I, I i do i think I think they play out pretty cool. It almost reminds me of um if you're trying to do it in a style, it almost reminds me of having like a flashback like it's it's showing it as like almost p t s d from the events that occurred
0: but we also know that um and this is obviously the show contains spoilers. <laughs> Um, we also know that later on that'll become a lot more significant, um, to Aaron, specifically, well, obviously Aaron, because he's the one who's having the flashback. Or the flash forward is actually what it is. That's wonky. We don't know that in the beginning. It's just a series of really creepy images, but it definitely sets the tone, because in that episode, we immediately jump in to the horror of the world. And I feel like that's why Attack on Titan is so amazing, because the real world isn't, a, like, if it's not a fairy tale, there are horrible things happen, and difficult things happen, and the world is just filled with, filled with horrors, and that's just a part of life. And I feel like in a lot of, especially manga and anime, it feels like a lot of the time it's, like, color, like, it's like rose. We're seeing, like, the world through rose color, rose-tinted glass. Right.
1: Uh, a lot of the time you see the good parts of the thing when they start off, but Attack on Titan just starts off right in with the, like, gore and messed up stuff of the world.
0: Yeah, and it was, and that's why it's, it was so revolutionary and so popular, because nothing had ever done that before. We didn't have a BNHA, Boku New Hero Academia yet,
1: because, uh, and
0: other things have followed suit and done something similar. Um, but none of them, I don't think, they none of them predate Attack on Titan. So Attack on Titan, in many ways, was the first... It was the pioneer of this kind of story and animation, and, um, and even manga. if they,
1: even if they did follow, it's uh, I don't I don't think anything else has hit the level of what Attack on Titan did uh, as a start. At least the uh, just the pure shock value that it started out mm-hmm. with was insane.
0: Yeah, and especially considering how how much has changed since Attack on Titan was first introduced, because we we're seeing a new wave of. Um, like activism through more through art and like animation and stories and storytelling that way. Um and I feel like Attack on Titan is probably one of the reasons. Um and you if you pay attention to a lot of like really other popular shows and animes, you'll see echoes of like what Attack on Titan did that you can see the like people were inspired by that. And that's why people love it so much, because it's really amazing and a really unique. Thing.
1: And I think I think also Attack on Titan is pretty cool in uh, how how unique it is on bringing an audience in for itself. Because a lot of animes are not um, while, while still enjoyable and pretty well seen, they were not super like mainstream in the U.S. for a while. But since Attack on Titan, they've started. I think they've started to become way more popular and way more seen.
0: Yeah, and better quality too.
1: And they started They made their ways onto, like, main streaming sites, or at least common U.S. ones like uh, like Hulu and Netflix.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely, because if you think about it, Crunchyroll wasn't a thing when Attack on Titan was first. The show was, the anime was starting, definitely not the manga. Right. So really, like, those sort of platforms and those streaming services, they're really recent in the grand scheme of things, and I feel like a lot of the reason they carry anime at all is because of the success Attack on Titan and the attention that Attack on Titan brought to the field of... Anime and manga in general—that um, success.
1: Okay. And I, I think that's pretty darn cool, though, that it, it was able to drag in m- more of uh, more of its own kind of genre, or just more of the show style itself, because it was so good and so enjoyable that people went, "Oh, hey, that's pretty cool. I like that style of show. I want more of it," and it kind of mm-hmm. yeah, brought the rest in with it. Yeah,
0: and wh- some of my favorite aspects are um, the really complex character. Um, the character development, the world building, um, and you don't even now, like you don't see that a lot, and like even the really recent stuff, like um, you just don't see it all that often. It's never as good, um, and that's why I love it. Like I keep saying this, I love Attack on Titan a lot. It's a um, great show. It's a, yeah, it's an excellent show. Um, and I and I it, think
1: a kind of an opposite of that, which is a weird anime to start on, uh, was sort online, and they have barely any world building towards the start. And it, mm-hmm. it makes for a really weird experience, but Attack on Titan does really well with world building. And I think it's starting to influence things because uh, I think for, actually, for example, Sword of Online, again, they're rewriting it with more details. And I think that's following the fact that animes have started, I think they have a higher standard than they
0: Yeah, they've been uh, increasing quality.
1: Again, all starting kind of with Attack on Titan bringing stuff in because it got so mainstream. It's, it's pretty cool that it has. But yeah, I think it started to bring in more quality of other stuff
0: also if we're talking about more like um like how attack on titans impacted um anime and manga um i feel like attack on titan in comparison to a lot of um manga so a lot of adaptations that like manga adaptations that animes um it's it was really close it's really close to the source material of course there are there are changes like Eren's eye color and things like that but for the most part it's remained the same and I also feel like that is heavily influenced how, um, adapt- like, how the people who are adapting these, um, these series into shows, how they're treating their source material, because before Attack on Titan, here's an example, it's definitely not in the same, um, genre, but, um, Fruits Basket, the original 2000 anime, it was so different from the source material, um. And it dealt with some pretty heavy stuff, too, and that got removed mostly from the anime, but because of Attack on Titan, I feel like m- animes have allowed themselves to get bolder in what they're talking about and what they're covering and what, what issues they're, like, what issues are they talking about and, like, what they're allowed, what's being censored, I guess.
1: So, yeah, no, I I agree. It, it brought in a lot of stuff, and it's very cool what it does. Uh, Fruits Baskets is pretty good as well, I'm trying to into watching that more
0: it deals with a lot of um like more it goes into mental health and uh, mental issues and pressure and um society it, it does a lot of things it doesn't do quite as much as attack on titan does but it does what it does do really excellently too um what ethical issues does season one specifically pose because as a whole series attack on titan talks about a lot of different things it uses a lot of different um it it, it covers a lot of different issues um and it explores a lot of different ideas of... It it explores a lot of different ethical issues, but what does season one do that the others don't do?
1: So I I, I think, uh, which is pretty cool about Attack on Titan, in my opinion, I I think it poses different moral questions throughout the show. And I think Mm -hmm. think that's pretty cool that it does that. I, in particular, think season one has a very... Again, in my opinion, I can't really state that this is what they thought they were doing or what they decided to do I I feel like it's a very light and dark like white and black kind of uh, stance on morality they it's a very like this uh, their their world is basically being attacked by these monsters and they're defending against it so it's a very clear it's a very stark like good versus evil in season one that they try to cover
0: yeah definitely and I feel like that's part of how it subverts uh, tr- those tropes because a lot of the time, protagonists, we, we get, we we get, so we get the bad, we get the big bad, and we get our heroes, and our heroes, their, their job, their purpose is to defeat the bad, and when you, that's the end game, but with Attack on Titan, we still have that big bad, but the big bad isn't really a big bad at all, and that's why, that's one of the reasons it's so good, because we get, like, in the very beginning we get the titans it's very it's very like specific it's very clear who we're supposed to really dislike in this situation but as season one progresses we get more and more and we start realizing especially because like when aaron immediately dies it's like that's the signal because uh, you know the first episode yes they get attacked but that could also just be seen as like a pretty because like it's not that uncommon for like tragic things to happen to Protagonists,
1: right, and, and even then, uh, but yeah, no, they went super far with it because even if tragic things do happen to protagonists, it's insane to kill off the main character so quick. I mean, he wasn't yeah. fully killed off, but you know, they kind of they went into it real fast.
0: Yeah, we also know that because he, with with most protagonists, this is one of the problem with um, with how uh, protagonists because we also know that if there is a protagonist, it's very unlikely that they're actually going to be removed from the story. But I feel like what happens to Aaron and how that's treated, it's, like, very fine. It's done so fast that we're not really given time to register whether we think he's going to come back or not because we're immediately thrown into something else, and we're not really given time to think about that. Um, and that keeps us on our toes. So one of the things, so, like, there are a lot of things that, yeah, like you said, there are a lot of issues, and, like, a lot the seasons tackle different things. And for the first season, these are the ones that stood out to me. Um, the idea of like is passiveness a crime really? Because we see immediately in the first episode how the wall, like the garrison soldiers, like Hans, we like they're not doing their job, um, because they have, feel a sense of security, and immediately that's destroyed. But when it happens, we also see how mad Aaron gets, and understandably we sympathize with him because we generally we want people like officers, and um, they we want we want them to do their jobs.
1: Yeah, it's it's seeing a, a p- authority that, until previously, had been very trusted by the public and then being practically betrayed by them by the fact that they're not doing anything.
0: Yeah, and uh, that becomes, yeah, what were you going to say? And I'm that? not
1: sure if you can say it's morally wrong. I would say it's morally gray, kind of, because <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they're not technically doing anything wrong, but they're also not doing their job. They're kind of existing, almost like a civilian in that case. Uh, yeah. Which, which they technically are, but they it's a very moral, I think at least, a morally gray thing for them to be doing. Because yeah. they're not doing good, and they're not doing bad either. Because if they weren't yeah. in that position, they wouldn't be doing anything anyhow.
0: Yeah, and I feel like this it becomes, like, passiveness, whether it's a crime or not, becomes more significant in season two and three. Um, more, more specifically season three, but... um. It becomes because we we see like a lot of issues like they get briefly touched on and then they reappear more significantly later on and that's one of them. Um, so yeah, the idea that are bystanders guilty because they are bystanders, um, that's something and, that they they the Attack on Titan touches on. Um, through and the that brings in and,
1: that brings in kind of a classic idea of if you see someone getting bullied and you don't do anything, are you contributing to that bullying? But, yeah, but it, that, it's kind of an age-old question. It's, it's been around for a while. And it's interesting that, again, Attack on Titan is able to kind of touch on something like that. It's, it's pretty – it's cool.
0: It goes it does a lot of things in, like, a roundabout way. And this is something that only really fictional fantasy world-esque stories can, can achieve because they, they can talk about really serious issues and, like, really mainstream ones and, like, really freak – like, really um, real one real, – really real issues – and really re- prevalent issues but they get away with it because they're not they have a sense of like there's a dispense there's not, I don't know if um suspension of uh, suspension of disbelief really applies here but there's a sense of like it's not real and because they're doing it in a different setting um it's more acceptable to talk about it and it gets less criticism
1: and I think it's uh, a part of that with shows as well they're able to create the scenarios in which it shows off whether it's it's uh like clear or not cuz in yeah. in real life it's not very it's not very clear if it can be morally right or wrong but in a show you can set up something so it's specifically good or bad you can see what's happening and they can give you mm-hmm. the background for that
0: M- most things this is one of like the problems with the legislature um and like our government and the judicial system is cuz most things are everything's debatable everything has you can argue almost anything um, and I feel like Attack on Titan, it like it, it uses that to its advantage because without inherently saying what it's doing, it manages to pull something off that most shows can't even dream of doing because of how well the, like how well done the subtlety is.
1: Then I think you um, get yeah that, and you get absorbed into the plot of the show so mm-hmm. well that you're able to. Um, almost watch it without experiencing that unless you really think about it
0: yeah you have to really think about it a lot of things like in if you really think about it most things that you that we take in as like consumers is there's always a hidden message there's always like a there's always um what's the word a ulterior motive or phrase there's always an ulterior motive and we tend to overlook them but when you go back and you really examine them you see the nuance, the what, what, like, what exactly is this saying, and that's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about what the show is doing, what is it saying. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. this is our that's our primary goal for this, uh, this I, I, podcast is to to touch specifically on like little nuances of the show that you might not glimpse beforehand, and how how specifically they affect morality because or yeah, morality because it's very interesting. The fact of um, a, a show trying to to dissect human culture technically and say what's right or wrong and it's trying to show off even in a different world that humans can have a similar moral code
0: um, mm-hmm. yeah in like if we're talking about moral codes here's another thing um this is skipping over a point but we can go back to the other one um what makes someone a villain Because that's something I feel is, like, really, really prevalent in Attack on Titan. What makes somebody bad? What makes someone good and what makes someone bad? Like, what is the definition of good and evil? And Because, like you said earlier, there's a tendency in, especially shows, and in the very beginning, like, because we see the world through through Aaron's eyes and through the Scouts' eyes. And there's a very, like, Titans are bad. We're good. Humanity's good. Right, it's a very...
1: light and dark kind of view it's Mm -hmm. very clear as to what they think good and bad is
0: yes but then we get introduced to annie and annie is really like she's such an important she's such a key character because she really is a turning point because we finally because we see aaron's in denial initially about annie being the female titan even though it's like everything is pointing to that but he refuses to believe it initially he really doesn't want to believe it but in reality, yeah, anybody could turn on you. Anybody could turn out to be, even your closest friends, could turn out to be your enemy. You, because not everybody's going to be with you all the time, and it doesn't, being against you doesn't make you evil. Um, but that is something that we don't see a lot from Aaron, because Aaron, like, I feel like Aaron, his development um, towards the end, is like, he slowly gets better, but then he goes downhill later on. But Andy's yeah, like the first... Down. Yeah, Annie is the first like she's the she's she's the turning point. She's like a key moment in Attack on Titan. Like if you were to like make a list of like the most important moments, most important plot points, Annie's definitely like extremely important because nothing, hardly anything in the story would be able to have played out the way it did without her.
1: It's it's um, a point in the show where you you're introduced to the characters and what their moral senses are, and then mm-hmm. you you are shown that there is a there there is another people who have a completely different moral code then.
0: Yeah, there's two sides to every story.
1: And, it, and it's it is very interesting, the fact that they just kind of unveil it on you. Like, you're, you're just watching this and they're like, oh yeah, also, you've only been watching it from this kind of moral code, right, of uh, Titans are bad, we need to get rid of them. And then you see the fact that there's people who can, or also Titan shifters I guess is a is the descriptor for them. But um, th- there's an ability of people to have a completely different code and act upon it and it's kind of crazy because they were seeing titans as bad but they're trying to like get them inside the walls in the first season
0: yeah it's it's like we we realize like it what it does is it it kind of mimics the idea in the real world of like um like the monsters within like like the monsters not really in your closet but like i guess like you could compare it to like what what's there's a phrase for it um do you know what it is
1: um it, it, i think monsters like a, in the closet is a pretty is a yeah, pretty good one monsters in it's, the closet or it's like, just like a dark past almost it, it, it's a different th- i don't know how to describe yeah. it i th- i think monsters in the closet's a pretty darn close thing
0: yeah because we get yeah we get introduced to the idea that there are more threats than just the titans on the outside and that's when the story beco- becomes more complex and more interesting because like it, that's that's what that's why it's I feel so good at what it does because it keeps you it interested. Gets a, it gets a besides. lot darker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it brings like, in the
1: idea that there it's not just titans that are an issue, but humans can also be morally mm-hmm. wrong in their opinion yeah. at least.
0: Yeah, and what is like really in the sense of like we know later on. So Annie is our first like because we know she's close to Aaron. She's close. She's part of the cadets and we've grown like the characters they care about her, they're emotionally attached to her and then we see her she's not actually on their side and we one of the questions that it forces you to ask yourself is somebody wrong simply because they oppose you are they like are they like a bad person because they're against you or is there more to it than that because that's something that in the real world is a, is a legitimate issue because people tend to demonize people who oppose them.
1: Right, because at the, at the start, though, e- even she's on the opposite side, they still know her as a person. That is her... Uh, she still has her personality. So even the mm-hmm. fact that she might oppose their viewpoints, it's still her. They know her as her. It's just they... Yeah, They like you said, they demonize her because she has a different idea of what's right.
0: Yeah, and in the sense of Aaron ironically enough is though like we can see everybody else like mikasa
1: um and
0: and our men mostly for the most part um at least initially and a lot and everybody in the scouts they're like they're all quick as soon as they find out that she's the female titan they figure out she's the female titan they don't find out well they do find out but they figure it out um, they figure find they figure find Um, as soon as they figure that out, then it's, like, immediately, like, Annie's the villain. We gotta subdue her. We gotta stop her. But Aaron, ironically, is the last person to do that. But he's also the person who we assume, who we associate the quickest with, like, hot-headed, um, personality traits. Which is generally jumping to conclusions to immediately rounding on, turning on somebody. And he does eventually do that, but not in season one. And he's very slow to do it to Annie. And I think that's really interesting because later on his development it's gonna kind of like we can see like that's kind of something you would like in comparison to how aaron behaves in the beginning he's like super black and white he's like i want to destroy all the titans um and i don't care if i die in the process that's negative he starts like most protagonists he starts like below and then he makes improvements and we can see like his behavior his hesitance to like Round on Annie, it can be considered a weakness and a strength.
1: I also find that interesting, the fact that uh, he he is so like light and dark about it in the first season. He's showing that he wants to kill Titans and he's like trying to protect humanity and everything. Uh, but once we get to like a bit of spoiler warning for season four here, once we get once we get to about that, you can um, when they're acti- actually attacking Marley, you can see he's almost disregards human life at that point in the sake mm-hmm. of trying to yeah. save themselves. So it's a it's a huge moral change on his part. And I, I find that yeah. fascinating. He has a almost completely different moral code uh, in season 1 than he does when he gets to season 4. But
0: does he? Because if you think about it, if we're going to talk about season 4, we know that the Titans are all just Eldians. Um So Right, that is true. Those are they're all humans. They're just they they're humans whose free will and their brain their minds have been stripped have been taken from them ripped from them um and like they're fine killing all those people and like that's problematic for multiple reasons yeah um but also i feel like it's actually not all that one of the things i find really interesting about aaron this is just my opinion though you are at full liberty to disagree with me i think that aaron actually doing what he does in season four isn't out of character for him at all i mean it's a giant leap but if you think about it it's just the scales that shifted because he makes improvements but then he kind of like he so what he does is i think he like we're talking about his like if his development is a line and it like and it's a chart and it's like a, like that's a huge like
1: that's a huge rise in the line
0: yeah he he rises and like he gets better and he he, get, he he grows, but then that growth ends up kind of being a double-edged sword, because that same growth, because of how many horrible things happen, because nobody can deny what happens to Aaron is horrible, nobody should ever have to go through that, um, and imagine the guilt like you live with, like and this will be something we talk about more um, when we talk about season three, because that's when this is really uh, more, becomes more important, but Aaron, he struggles with like, his identity and, like, the idea of, like... So, Attack, if Attack on Titan asks what is a villain, what makes someone a villain, it also asks what makes someone a hero. Because right. in the sense of we're, if we're talking about Marley warriors versus scouts, we spent more time with the scouts, and they're heroes to us. We're more emotionally attached to them, but we also... We're attached to some of the Marley warriors. And we also, like, to them, to the people of Marley... They're the heroes,
1: and I so think it's it, kind of fascinating. Um, I, I I actually do agree with your point on Aaron being uh it, it being in character with him. You can kind of see that in season three and such when they they even have to kill people uh, that they know or at least that they're associated with in their own like uh, in in the kingdom. But it, it's interesting to see as well when you get to season four in the Marley warriors or the Marley warriors we know. Uh, you you can also s- you can almost see parts of the characters we already know like Eren and Mikasa and the such in the uh candidates once we get to season 4 you can see they're they have to deal with the same kind of thing even though it's it's a different situation they're still being attacked by these giant titans in their home city they it's almost the uh, the um the people of paradise are almost recreating what happened to them on the isle of Marley
0: Mm -hmm. yeah what they're doing is but also you can consider like especially this is something like this is true about the military in general wars are bad for both sides and survivors guilt is a thing and a lot of soldiers end up questioning the ptsd because they're in question on whether they're still good people because they've hurt other people because they've killed other people and one of the main problems that one of the problems with aaron is because he he doesn't care anymore. He reaches the point where he's like, I have a goal, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to to achieve that goal, and it doesn't matter who I have to hurt in the process.
1: He no longer cares about the cost when he gets uh, to about season four.
0: Mm-hmm, that is true. Um,
1: and we can see that as a, um, actually, just a slight bring in here, you can see that as a plot turn in about, uh, I think it was season three, where he's uh, being sacrificed to Historia. To regain the Founding Titan to her. And you can see that he is willing to give up everything. um, Mm -hmm. For what he thinks might be greater. But after that you can see that he clearly changes his mindset to he is willing to trade everything to achieve his goal. But he wasn't then. He was ready to kind of give up then. So it's it's interesting. No,
0: actually, if you think about it, like he's willing to like, to, he doesn't care who, like, so I think one of the things that Aaron has that doesn't change, at least much for me, his, he, he cares about other people more than he cares about himself, and so in the very beginning, he's, like, he's totally fine with sacrificing his life for the scouts, um, like, dying, that's fine with him, but when you think about it, like, that's something, he does it again when he's, like, he's willing to give up his, his, he's his life to make good on the wrong his father did he's willing to atone that way with his life and then again he doesn't care if he dies um he the only people he seems to care about is his like are the people like his family the scouts his friends he i think he inher- he says this the only like aaron and also other people say it too about him aaron cares very deeply for his friends but he doesn't care about himself or other people all that much um and he allows himself to uh, to villainize to demonize like what they did with Annie to all the other people in um Marley even the Eldians who live there because right, like, are they really guilty they're they've been they're being um
1: I mean they're being punished on their own basically in the camps they're they're not free
0: They're being oppressed they're being yeah, they're being they're they're in camps and they're being things are horrible for them. They're they're being treated poorly and it's not their fault.
1: And you can see he's so willing to demonize them again in season four. Uh, his main attack, he's willing to kill children even. Um, yeah, he does just kill just children. Just as collateral. Yeah, that yeah. just has collateral damage. He he does not yeah. care anymore. And it, I think there was even a quote from Mikasa there. She's like, "You know, you can't turn back after this, right?" And he just kind of accepted it. that's the path he had chosen
0: yeah he chooses this and there's no going back after that point um and like even before then and that's why aaron's character is so brilliant because he that's what happens and it's like it does what really like because i feel like a lot of characters like especially main characters they they can't like they don't they never do anything so bad that they can't be redeemed because people like the author fears that people are going to start hating their main character, um, and that's bad for the story and for the publicity. But Attack on Titan, does he, like Isayama's not afraid of that, obviously. But people right. still I mean, people hate, but they love to hate Eren Yeager. They they is,
1: basically just he's like, yeah, we'll just have him commit a few war crimes. It's fine.
0: Yeah, well, I think break like, the Con- Geneva
1: mean, Convention.
0: He's my favorite character, but. I don't like, like, what I want, it's like, he's a horrible person, but he's my favorite character because he's a horrible person. He's
1: because, a very well-written character, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's nuanced. He's, like, his goals, like, I see them. He's kind of like Thanos, except, um, like, I, I like Aaron more than I like Thanos. <laughs> so,
1: so, yeah, no, I think, I think season one's very interesting. Like we said, it has a very light, uh, a very light and dark kind of viewpoint of morality. Black versus and white. other seasons where it gets very... It gets very interesting. They they change quite a bit, so it's it's interesting to see that they start off the show with a very clear set of what they think are morals, and they kind of diluted a bit with the character of Annie, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we
0: get the first drags of like, um, like the, the gray moral. The to to uh, make a reference to our title, the moral gray area, um, the gray area of morality. Um, and we get we dip our toes into that with Annie. Um, Yeah, and that's why season one, season one's a great introduction, because it does, it sets up the story extremely well, and it keeps us engaged and interested, because I feel like a problem with, that's a whole other thing. Um, But yeah, so season one was really great, um, and I'm excited to talk about season two and three, so tune in next time!
1: (laughs) Yeah, tune in next time for season two and three. Season two is a bit shorter, so we're gonna slap it in there with season three. They they have a pretty good following plot, so i would be excited to hear that.
0: So follow us on Twitter at Annie one and follow us on Instagram at PaintedGrayAnime, and Facebook too.
1: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all live. Go check us out. It's pretty neat. Thanks for listening, and here's a little added bonus to you, a little Easter egg. Uh, Here is some dog stories after all that very dark anime stuff so listen in they're just some fun dog stories and maybe some dog footprints
0: so i was walking her because like now right now um happy so happy got out today and happy bolts she loves to bolt um she goes to our neighbor the crazy cat man across the street but
1: yes fast dog so
0: i was told not to take her out so so i walked annie um and annie because you know annie she's a puppy um mm-hmm. and she has a lot of energy. One of the beautiful things about Annie is I can let Annie off the leash Annie can go romping to her heart's content.
1: She's fast because
0: she'll it's come back. Far, yeah, she's really soft and she's also like she was so good. She uh, she didn't go if she was going too far for my taste. I would just call her and she'd come back. And she was so good and she let me catch her. She was a sweet girl. Like Annie ran into a door. Oh, yeah, Annie that, ran into that's a door excellent. though.
1: I. I got stuff about toast like that. He was, uh, he was running around our hall because he had a toy, and he just <laughs> ran head first into the bathroom door, just like full force <laughs> head Is he okay?
0: door.
1: Yeah, he was fine. It's, it's been a bit. He's absurd yeah. though.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like and our cat, you know, you know Percy, but she's blind, so she's an excuse.
1: Mm-hmm. That's. She fair. doesn't
0: always know. She gets startled, and then she'll run into something because, like you know, she jumps and then she just runs.
1: I do quite enjoy cats being startled. They're pretty funny, because they just, like, jump.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, Percy, one of the other funny things Percy does is, well, like, she's sometimes when she's walking off a carpet onto on a hardwood floor, she'll just jump over the hardwood floor and onto the other side, because it's, either it startles her or she's like, I just don't want to touch that, because I don't know what's happening there. She's
1: like, no, thank you. No, thank you. After hearing all of this certainly lighthearted stuff, here's pet stories. <laughs>